All right, and we are back. Welcome to another episode of the Good News Cast. As always, Colin Coates here with you, as well as Jeff Hatton, uh, both pastors at Redeemer Waco in uh, Waco, obviously. Jeff having planted the church something like, I think, 74 years ago. A million, dude. Which would make you I'm a dinosaur. 90-something. Yeah. Um, we are going to be talking about last week, we, we put a pause on this little series we're doing on ways, popular ways that we are tempted to justify ourselves. Uh, in other words, to make us acceptable uh, before God and acceptable by God. Uh, we took a pause last week, I think, and talked about spiritual gifts because we did an event, Theology After Dark is what we call them, on the topic of spiritual gifts. Which, by the way, if you're a part of our church or in Waco, you are always invited to our Theology After Darks, some ones we are trying to line up for the future. We're talking about the Lord's Supper and different views on the Lord's Supper. Um, we are potentially going to line up um, talking about women in ministry, particularly ordaining women in ministry. Is that biblical, unbiblical? Why do we do what we do or don't do? Uh, so maybe bring in someone to talk about that. Um, and we've got some other ideas uh, cooking. Today, we're going to go back to talking about ways we try to justify ourselves, make ourselves acceptable before God. And we're going to talk about sanctification and um, and our views on sanctification and how if we have a wrong view of sanctification, how it can really start attacking our understanding of justification without us even knowing it. Um, so where do we start? We didn't do a ton of uh, mapping out this episode before we hit record. Um, <laughs> this is a topic we talk about all the time just yes. for so many different reasons, but, um, let's start here. Let's start here. What, how can, how can our view of sanctification by sanctification? I'm talking about essentially our growth in the Christian life of repentance and, um, we could say killing sin uh, walking in obedience to God's commands, being the kind of people we are supposed to be. Um, when we talk about sanctification and views of sanctification, what are views of sanctification that we can have that start to lead us into the self-justifying territory? Yeah, I think theologically maybe it's helpful just to give some places to like hang your your theological hat or clothes or just even your mind to be like, oh, okay, how do we approach this? So uh, historically, theologically, the church has said things like uh, faith alone. So when you talk about justification, it's faith alone, trusting in Jesus and his salvation, Mm -hmm. trusting in what Jesus has done, not what you do. And then somehow, sometimes, many times, we forget that we're also sanctified by faith alone, which is trusting in Jesus and his salvation and trusting in what Jesus has done, not what you do. But for some reason, we like to have add in sanctification, we like to have faith plus something, or Jesus plus something now is part of your Christian life, your Christian growth, sanctification, right? So that's one way to start thinking, oh, okay, so anything that's a Jesus plus or a faith plus when it comes to Christian growth is a self-sanctifying strategy. You're on that planet. Mm -hmm. And anytime you go into that planet, it will eventually erode and destroy functionally and maybe formally your view of justification being by faith alone. 
Um, it certainly will start working itself out in your thinking and your feeling and your experience, the way you start relating to God, the way you start relating to how you handle sin in the Christian life, the way you start relating to your overwhelming emotions that happen in the Christian life, the way you have to deal with yourself and relationships and unpleasant uh, circumstances that come at you, and then the and then the ongoing reality that you have a sin nature that's still there, and you start seeing stuff come out of you. All of that gets thrown into this mix that can be really, really difficult mm-hmm. and incredibly painful if we don't even know how to see it and understand what's taking place. And it could be legitimately you've now moved into the territory of self-sanctification where it's now Jesus plus your will or Jesus plus um, your ability to somehow, some way, depending on what the latest tradition or book, activate the Holy Spirit in your life. Uh, Jesus plus um, some sort of uh, technique maybe a new spiritual discipline that's been discovered or, or is historically done in the church and everybody's doing it now and that's now getting you more connected to God, more connected to growth in the spiritual in your spiritual life. Um, so anyhow, I think it's just helpful to remember, okay, so when we're talking about sanctification, uh, we're talking about faith alone. We're sanctified by faith alone, just like we're justified by faith alone, mm-hmm. uh, which means we're justified and sanctified because of what Jesus has mm-hmm. done mm-hmm. and because of what he's done and how he continues by his spirit to apply the, the work, the accomplishments mm-hmm. of his life, death, and resurrection. Paul calls them the spiritual blessings in the heavenlies, that uh, the whole package of justification, sanctification, glorification has been accomplished by Jesus, done, finished, uh, and the Christian life is actually experiencing the realities of what he has accomplished. Uh, He accomplished your faith. He accomplished your obedience. He accomplished your love for God, love for others. He's accomplished a new nature. He's accomplished all of this. And the more you actually begin to realize and settle into uh, trusting uh, the wonders of who he is and what he's done for you, that's sanctifying you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's actually faith uh, starts working itself out and you start loving God. The fruit of faith is loving God. The fruit of the gospel is you start loving God and you start loving people and you start obeying and you make some progress in areas that might have been difficult. Uh, but again, this this whole reality that another way of saying it is monergistic. Right. Maybe people have heard that before. We always think of justification being monergistic. Sanctification is also monergistic. Uh, it's monergistic in that God is the cause that's producing the effects in you. Mm-hmm. And so you're being acted upon, you're being worked in. He's not moving a rock, he's moving a human being, and so you are participating as he is working in you. In fact, Paul actually says it, God's at work both to will and to Mm -hmm. act for his good purpose. Um, And he even says, work out your salvation, which means you're you're working out your salvation. Mm -hmm. You're working out what Jesus has done. Mm -hmm. It's 
sanctification by faith alone, what Jesus has done. Work it out. Work it out over here. Work it out in how you handle conflict. Work it out in these painful, overwhelming emotions of anxiety or anger or fear or depression that you're feeling. Work it out in the way you handle your job where you seem to get your identity from it and you live and die by how well or not well you're doing. Work it out. Mm -hmm. For God is at work in you to will, to act for his good purpose. So I want to uh, address that in a minute when I bring up what is the most common objection with this, which is like, are you just saying that I just like am not active and don't do anything and shouldn't do anything? But um, I think it's I think it's helpful to think about this that when when we say uh, with the Westminster Confession, the Westminster Confession says that justification is an act of God's free grace, and then it says sanctification is uh, the work of God's free grace, and it's just. It's saying both of these are the monergistic work of God's grace. One of them is this one-time event, and then sanctification is this work, this ongoing work. But both are um, the work of God's free grace. Uh, I think that a way that that this can get like sneaky, where you don't realize what's being um, uh, brought in, what wrong ideas are being brought into sanctification, is when we say things like, you know, justification is monergistic, but sanctification is synergistic, and you are active in it. And it's tricky because you go, well, yeah, I mean, I am active in the Christian life, so that sounds right. And then, Jeff, when you say that it's by faith alone, it's like, well, wait a minute. The simple way of saying it, when we say justification is by faith alone and sanctification is by faith alone, we are saying Jesus does both of of those things. Mm -hmm. Shocking. What a shocker that we think Jesus justifies us all in his own power and by his grace and we are simply saying the same Jesus, the same God, who not only gives us the righteousness of Christ, forgives us of all of our sin, we are simply saying, as controversial and crazy as it sounds, that he also is in the business of changing us. Yeah. So it's not, I think when you think about it like that, when you boil it down to what we're saying, it's like, oh, that's not actually that controversial to say at all, is it? That Jesus... uh loves us so much that he's not going to just leave us in the dominion of sin. He's not going to leave us under the slavery of sin. He justifies us, breaks the power of sin. Um, and he says, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm also going to change you yeah. and I'm going to, I'm going to also sanctify you. Very simple. That's not controversial. Now yeah. here's when, here's where the objection comes in because the objection is like, Oh, are you just saying that like, I'm just like not active and I shouldn't do anything. And this is maybe how I would respond that if someone said, okay, all right, I've just learned that sanctifica- uh, sanctification is monergistic as well, that it's Jesus who does it. And if the response to that is, so I don't want to do anything now, I guess I don't have to do anything. I don't want to help people. I don't want to love people. I'm not going to obey God's commandments because I'm just going to let him do that for me. I would go, oh, interesting. It sounds like we're on the sanctification journey and you just identified sin, right? Right. You just identified where your heart Mm -hmm. needs to be changed. That deep in your soul, you're actually coming to grips and coming to your senses, as you would say. You're coming to your senses realizing, I don't want to go help people. Yeah. If that's, my point is, if that's the objection, like, oh, you're just saying it's all God, then I don't even want to do it. It's like, okay, so I guess when you thought it was synergistic, you were doing it just because you thought you had to. Yeah. Now you're coming to grips with the fact that you don't actually love people. 
So it sounds like God is actually, brace for impact, sanctifying you. Yeah. He is showing you your heart, and in that place, the reality is you have no idea how to reach into the depths of your soul and change yourself. Yeah. Only Jesus does. So thank God you identified where your heart and where my heart is sinful in a certain area. I don't want to be generous with my money. I want to use it all myself. There's where my heart is sinful. And then what do you do? What does this view do? It says, don't turn to yourself to think you're going to change yourself. Don't turn to, well, I heard there's this new Bible study that Crossway put out, and I bet that'll change me. You know, Mm -hmm. that's got the power. No, I'm turning to God himself once again. At justification, I turned to God alone for salvation and justification. And now in my sanctification journey, I am once again turning to Jesus to say, you alone hold the power to change my sinful, you know, um, uh, heart that doesn't want to be generous with money. Yeah. So I think even when that objection comes up, it's like, oh, this is good news that we're we're realizing more of our sin and how how see how badly we need Jesus to sanctify us. Yeah, and so sanctification then becomes more about um, resting and relying right. in Jesus, trusting Him. Yeah, depending it, on Him. Then it does what I'm doing, yep. and yep. then. Yeah, and so the dynamic is as you do rest and rely, some folks, uh, I mean, Jesus says it, as there's this abiding aspect that you bear fruit, uh, and yeah. he's He's at work in your life, and part of the ways that he's at work in your life is actually bringing you to this stillness and this repentance of uh, all I need, all I bring is nothing. Yeah. Um, and so trusting in Jesus is actually learning not to trust yourself. Um, and it's learning that uh, he has accomplished it and he's at work in my life. Um, and I am more aware of my inability and the impossibility uh, of me changing my life, just as I am aware of the inability and possibility of me establishing a righteousness of my own or or dealing with my own sin and trying to pay the penalty and deliver myself from sin's power. This is all inability, and recognizing that is a really, really good thing. And some folks think that recognizing inability uh, and impossibility uh, is not incredibly godly or it's not incredibly active. It's the most passive active thing you can do because now you're actually transferring your trust to another Mm -hmm. Uh, you're actually recognizing that your trust in yourself is a fool's errand that there's there's you can't be your own savior you can't be your own sanctifier and that transfer of trust to jesus to be your justifier jesus to be your sanctifier is absolutely faith moves mountains right because faith trust in the one that did move mountains and does move mountains that's huge Mm -hmm. that's unbelievable holiness it's unbelievable christ exalting and christ honoring right we want to honor christ right we say oh yeah i want to grow in honoring christ and loving christ that is like clinging to the only one who can uh that's unbelievably glorifying uh, Jesus is exalted as the justifier. Jesus is exalted as the sanctifier. 
Jesus is exalted in his comprehensive, accomplished salvation. It's phenomenal. And you will love him more for that. Uh, You're not going to love someone who doesn't do anything. If you're the one that does the work of sanctification, you're going to love yourself because you're trusting in yourself. Um, So anyhow, that sometimes it's just helpful to rethink what we're actually saying, rethink these words that we use over and over again, like obedience and faith and holiness. This is absolutely holy. And this stillness, which God, by his grace, Jesus and his sanctification will actually make you, force you to be still, Mm -hmm. actually make you, force you to see that it's impossible for you, make you, force you, he's gonna shrink your world uh, Paul calls it, he's going to imprison you so that you actually see, I, I, I can't. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's a really, really good thing. That's a sanctifying thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are now uh, losing your ability to trust yourself. I think one of the ways that this erodes uh, your justification by free grace as well is uh, that, that kind of in the point of us talking about this, at least one way that it does is that we come to Jesus uh, as the one who freely justifies us, freely accepts us. Uh, We are counted righteous in Christ. It's all free. It's all grace. It's all mercy. And then we turn to the rest of our lives, the rest of our minutes and hours and days. And we are told or we tell ourselves that every minute of every hour of every day for the rest of our lives, we now come to Jesus who has switched gears and the justifying part the get in the kingdom part was all totally free but then everything after that until glory is in some part up to you yeah um and and to just put it like in how you can even just even trying to picture it it's like every minute of every day you're thinking about sanctification in terms of jesus once was in the business of doing it all for me and i knew that i needed that but then he kind of stepped back. He, yes, he helps to a certain degree. Maybe it's 50%, 75%, maybe even 99%. But the reality is we know a lot can be on the line in terms of the decisions we make or the things we do. Sin can just totally wreck our lives. I mean, yeah. it's a really big... Sanctification and sin and holiness is a really big deal. And we think that Jesus got out of the business of, of ensuring that his purposes are accomplished. And here's how this, I think erodes justification is, is good luck keeping those two things straight. Yeah. Good luck keeping justification is monergistic, but sanctification he has said to some degree is up to me. Yeah. He loves me so much. He gave me eternal life, but I guess I don't, I mean, it's not that I've ever heard it put this way, but it's just, you start to trend this way of, but I guess he doesn't love me enough to make sure he accomplishes his sanctification purposes? You know what would be really, really interesting is to study church history and see where the holiness movements and the um, the revivalistic movements, the movements that have been very, very, like, quote, serious mm-hmm. about holiness and serious about the Christian life, and wherever yeah. they went uh, synergistic in their sanctification, it'd be very interesting to see um, certainly, functionally, 
you're going to lose your functional appreciation of justification. Right. But it would be really interesting to see where in those movements formally people actually started saying things about justification. Right, right. Formally, creedally, their beliefs started changing. Yeah, yeah. It'd well, be amazing to see. Well, you think about the Second Great Awakening that with Charles Finney yeah. was, I mean, Finney was explicit on like... Um, us taking part in this stuff. And I think what's interesting is I couldn't tell you what his view on justification was. I know that, and this is probably the nice way to say it, that it was wonky, that, that we're not, Finney was not uh, in line with the reformed tradition no. or just, I think basic Orthodox Christianity. He didn't believe in original sin. He yeah, believed I mean, that you could will your way. So we're talking about a guy who was wildly innovative and, and impactful regarding our part we play in Christianity and holiness. I mean, he was so serious about being holy and obeying God and getting rid of all sin. Yes. So you would so hear, is Pelagius. So there you go, right? You already see that that this idea of synergism and sanctification potentially has deep, deep roots in the reality that we find it so hard to believe that anything is free. You know, and you've got different kinds. I mean, and what we're saying here too is that there's there's a there's endless strategies of doing this. Yes. So if you're like, well, what are we talking about? I mean, we're we've tried to bring up some of the more popular and some of the ones that kind of get into our under our skin and crawl into our heart and and wreck us. But any any time that your willpower is uh, being added, yes. Any time that you're Focusing on surrendering in sanctification, yes. Anytime that you're you're replacing good things, thinking that good things are going to activate God in your life or activate the Holy Spirit in your life, that's what we're talking about. Like, this is going to do it. This is going to activate life change. Anything other than Jesus being the one that activates your sanctification mm-hmm. uh, is self-salvation. The strategies are endless. We can make up our own. We could try to... Try to have a sincere heart. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can find myself like in praying while I'm talking to God, being like, oh, do I mean this? Right, <laughs> right. right. And it's just like you just go down this labyrinth of, yeah. well, what if, what if though, what if it looked like this? You know, Jesus, you prayed perfectly for me. You worship God perfectly for me. Uh, you read your Bible perfectly and interpret it perfectly for me. What does that do to me? Now I'm free to go read the Bible. I'm free to just talk and pray to him. I'm free to love people. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not captured and captivated and checking how I'm doing and what I'm doing. And that's what Paul talked about in Galatians 3. He says, you foolish people, how stupid. Mm-hmm. Why are you trying to perfect yourself in the mm-hmm. flesh? You began this way, now you're doing it this way. All right. Hopefully uh, this is helpful. I'm out of thoughts for the moment, but uh, this is a big deal. It's Mm -hmm. a big deal to understand sanctification. It also, we mentioned this before we hit record, that um, it, this is so practical. Even when the Bible doesn't seem to be practical, it's so practical in helping us. um, This is one of the practical ways that comes to mind when I think about why does this matter to know? Like what kind of difference can it make? To me, it can make the difference between being sane in the later years of your Christian life or completely insane. Meaning, early on in our Christian life, I think probably most Christians, we think we have just gone through this you know, light speed jump from just totally rebellious to 
pretty saintly and a couple little sins to get rid of, you know, incredibly passionate, super passionate. We're Mm going to change the world. Um, and we just kind of are on that trajectory for a bit until, you know, maybe like, Ooh, this is kind of interesting that I'm still having these certain thoughts or these certain desires or temptations. And, Oh man, I've even kind of acted on some of those here and there. And that's weird, you know, but, uh, you know, maybe I'm just taking one step back, but I'll, I'll take another 10 forward. This is where this can help help is that if you're 30 years into the Christian life and, um, and you have completely crashed and burned and destroyed your life, maybe with sins that you struggled with and were destroying your life when you were 18 or 12 or 21, mm-hmm. this gives you sanity and hope to say, okay, the only way out is God monergistic sanctification the only way out apparently all of the work i've put in all of the activity has still not taken out my corruption completely or near as much as i thought or would want apparently god has a different plan for my sanctification as the westminster confession says that he will even let us he will um, let us go into sin he will allow it to humble us so that we trust him more it's rooting out pride. It's rooting out self-sufficiency. So it gives you sanity in the later years to go, how did I just How did I just completely destroy my life? One, I guess the corruption is still there. And is there any hope or peace I can have right now having destroyed my life with sins that I thought I was done with as a teenager? Yes, God. Monergistic. God alone. I cannot change this heart. I cannot get rid of this corruption. Um, God, you have to do it apparently you've got a different plan than me, a higher plan, a better one. You're humbling me. Um, and God, you alone have the power to move me forward. Mm. And so I'm trusting you. Yeah, That's it. That's all I've got. I'm trusting you. That's all I've got. That's all I need. So it brings sanity uh, to our Christian life that is chaotic. Yeah, yeah, no, it, exactly. Sanity... Um, and a realism of like, you are always going to be one person with two natures. Mm-hmm. And uh, somehow in the self-sanctification model, that gets lost. Mm-hmm. And there's this false notion of progress happening mm-hmm. to where um, that sinful nature either is supposedly diminishing and shrinking or... Uh, or gone to a certain part of you that uh, it it gets imprisoned and you're living above it. That was what the whole higher life movement was about, that you, you tap into a spirituality or a connection with God um, that might have signs and wonders, that might have certain gifts to, to validate it. But you live on this, this spiritual plane, this spiritual self, that uh, is now free and holy and progressing and unable, mm-hmm. uh, and and that that sin has receded to some part of your immature um, or bad theology or bad experience, or you didn't get the technique, or you didn't get the secret knowledge, or you didn't understand how to tap into a fuller, better, more victorious Christian living. Um, and that's a, that's pretty devastating. It's pretty devastating when Paul tells us in Romans seven and eight, uh, that it is, that sin nature is never going away. Mm -hmm. 
You came in with original sin. You're always going to have it. You've become a Christian by addition. You've been, you have a new creation and a new nature. Uh, you're now part of the kingdom of God. You've been born on high. It's broken into your life. But in this realm, you are always going to have that body of death attached to you. Always. And so that body of death, that corpse sealed in its tomb, it does not change being itself. It does not change breaking all the Ten Commandments in thought, word, and deed, in desire, and in these mega overwhelming desires. And so that's why you can, you can be a, a young man that struggled with a certain sin when he was 18, and when you're 80, it rears its ugly head because the nature of sin right. does not change. Hope this is helpful. God and God alone sanctifies us for free by His grace. So hopefully this is helpful until next time.